1: Coming to you from New York City, the only
3: city in America, it's The Daily Show. Tonight, fanboys are racist, the importance of casual conversation,
4: and Sherry Shepard. This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah.
3: For tuning in, thank you for coming out of question. We're back. It's good to be back. Thank you so much. Take a seat, everybody. We have got a great show for you tonight. Donald Trump is master of his domain. Amazon has ruined Lord of the Rings, and Ronnie Chang will break down the most overanalyzed film footage since the Kennedy assassination. So let's do this, people. Let's jump straight into today's headlines. <laughs> All right. Before we get into the big stories, let's catch up on a few other things going on in the world. The FDA has officially authorized new COVID boosters that for the first time target the Omicron variant. And I'm so excited, because this means we can finally fight Omicron just eight months after everyone got it. Yes. <laughs> and in case you're counting, that is now the fourth COVID shot, which means one more, and we all get a free sandwich, yeah! In climate news, the west coast of America is currently experiencing a record-breaking heat wave with temperatures in some cities topping 115 degrees. Yeah. It is so hot in California right now that people are begging Harry Styles to spit on them. Ah, please. (laughs) Please, Harry, please. Oh, in international news, it is now being reported that due to global sanctions, Russia is being forced to buy ammunition from North Korea. Yeah which I think we can all agree means you're pretty desperate. (laughs) Yeah, like, you you have to go to North Korea because no one else will sell it. It's like only a matter of time before Putin can only get haircuts from North Korea. That's gonna be fun. (laughs) Nowhere else. All right, but let's move on to some of the biggest stories of the day, starting with the only man in America whose scrapbooking hobby could land him in prison, Donald J. (laughs) Trump. Yeah, the J stands for January 6th. There have been some major developments in the FBI's investigation into America's former president. So let's catch up on all of it in another installment of America's Most Tremendously Wanted. FBI raided the broom closet where Donald Trump was keeping America's most important national security secrets, we've all been wondering what exactly Trump was hiding there. And over the weekend, we finally got a detailed rundown of what the FBI took away. There were 31 documents labeled confidential. There were 54 labeled secrets and 18 labeled top secrets. Yeah. And even better than that, agents found those documents intermingled in the same boxes as magazine clippings and clothing. (laughs) So I guess Trump has a legal problem and a hoarding problem? Like what is, (laughs) it's almost like after the FBI is done with Trump, they need to send in Marie Kondo, you know, just to be like, does this 1987 copy of Playboy spark joy, Donald? It does, it sparks so much joy, so much joy. (laughs) But even more concerning is that the FBI also found dozens of classified folders that were empty Which obviously raises the question, where are the documents from the folders? Are they in other boxes? Did he lend them to Saudi Arabia? Or maybe, maybe it's more innocent, yeah. Maybe Trump just keeps a bunch of folders labeled classified so he can give them to friends with photocopies of his butt inside. I mean, that's a good joke. That's a good joke. You're like, what's in here? Ah It's also possible the intelligence community didn't trust Trump with classified information, so they just gave him empty folders. We don't, we don't know. Yeah, it could just be like, sir, these uh, documents are so secret, we made them invisible. He's just like, incredible, just like all the love letters Melania sends me. I get it, totally get it. But nobody knows what Trump was doing with these files and folders. And now, it might be a lot longer until we find out
0: the criminal investigation into those classified documents found at Mar-a-Lago is temporarily on hold. As a result of this 24-page order, where a Florida federal judge granted former President Trump's request that authorizes the appointment of a special master, an independent observer, to review what the FBI seized from the Trump estate last month.
4: The special master would separate any items that might be protected by claims of attorney-client privilege or executive
5: The judge said to deadline of Friday for both sides in this case, Trump and the DOJ, to propose a list of candidates they want to be special master.
3: Now, the judge also said in this ruling that DOJ cannot use these documents at all as part of its criminal investigation until this review is completed. Yeah, that's right. A judge in Florida has decided to appoint an independent observer to go through all of the documents and determine which ones are off limits to investigators. And that person is called a special master which, I'm not gonna lie, when I first heard it, sounded pretty cool. <laughs> it's like, Donald Trump is getting a special master. I was like, he's about to learn Kung Fu? <laughs> and so it was going be like, hmm, I am your special master, and you, Donald, are my students. Like, great, can you teach me chopsticks? <laughs> and what's gonna be really interesting is who they pick for this job, because the judge gave each side, until Friday, to submit a list of suggestions together, right? So basically, the judge is going, Trump, you send us a list of who you think should review the documents, and then, like, the Justice Department, you do the same thing, and then I guess the judge is hoping that they'll overlap? <laughs> but I, I don't know. I feel like the Department of Justice is gonna submit the names of, like, former attorney generals and FBI directors, and then the list from Trump's side is gonna be, like, Jared the Hamburglar, <laughs> a paper shredder on top of a toilet, you know? <laughs> but you know, once again, Donald Trump has exposed a part of America that I'm willing to bet nobody knew existed. Nobody. Like, did you know about a special master? Any of you, huh? I didn't even know there was an option. I've watched 10 million hours of Law & Order. <laughs> I know about subpoenas, I know about breaking the chain of custody, Objection, sustained, overruled, sidebar in my chambers, but not once have I heard the term special master. <laughs> but once again, thanks to Trump, because of his hard work and dedication to doing crimes, we've all learned something new today. <laughs> And I say, thank you, Mr. President. You. That's right. But let's move on to some international news from the American Trump to the British one. Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Back in July, he was forced to resign due to a long list of scandals. You know, he was having parties during his own COVID lockdown. He was receiving shady loans. He was promoting people that he knew were accused of sexual harassment. You name it. He did it, he's like a one man Shonda Rhimes show. So finally, his party forced Boris to resign and today they appointed the new leader of the United Kingdom.
1: The United Kingdom has a new prime minister this morning. Liz Truss officially took over from Boris Johnson today after meeting with Queen Elizabeth at Balmoral Castle in Scotland. We have huge reserves of talent, of energy, and determination. I am confident that together, We can ride out the storm. Truss inherits a nightmare, war in Europe, a biting cost of living crisis. The country braced for a winter of potential blackouts and fuel poverty.
3: Yeah, once again, the United Kingdom is bringing a woman into power only when things are really shit. (laughs) Yeah, they do this all the time. Margaret Thatcher, Theresa May, Mary Poppins, the list is endless. (laughs) That's why it feels good to live in a country like America. It is so feminist, it won't put a woman in charge, ever. Just in case things get really bad. You're welcome, ladies. You're welcome. And you know, I gotta say, it's weird how the British system just springs a new prime minister on you. Like, like you know when, when they pick the new Doctor Who, there's all this speculation and debates and the whole country's weighing in on it. But for the new prime minister, they're just like, meet Liz, she's running the country now. <laughs> So uh, I wish the best of luck to uh, Prime Minister Truce and uh, from now on, until she, I guess, resigns in disgrace. No, because that's what happens, you know? That's what happens to British prime ministers. They never get to the end of their term. You just serve until some shit goes down (laughs) and you have to apologize and leave. In fact, you know what, to make things simpler, the new prime minister should just start their term with an apology speech, you know? (laughs) It is. Truly an honor to be taking this job that I will be forced to resign from within a year I'm excited to lead this nation and I'm ashamed for the terrible things that I will do that force me from office But until that happens I have many ideas for this country I want to rebuild the roads. I want to expand national health care and oh look at that (laughs) oh boy. (laughs) There's the scandal already. It's been a privilege (laughs) of a lifetime to serve you. Thanks everyone cheerio. Bye-bye everyone. Bye All right, finally Let's move on to some big entertainment news. Amazon Prime Video has announced that its new Lord of the Rings prequel series is its most watched program ever, with more than 25 million viewers checking out the show on its first day. Yeah, but it turns out some of those people might be hate-watching. Amazon is suspending reviews of its new Lord of the Rings series on Rotten Tomatoes. It says the 72-hour hold is to make sure the reviews for Rings of Power are legit and prevent internet trolls from bringing down their score.
6: Amazon says reviews are being dragged down by fans who are upset about the show's diverse cast, which includes black actors playing elves and dwarves. These viewers say it's unrealistic for Tolkien's creatures to be non-white.
3: Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. I mean, on the one hand, everyone wants diversity in the shows that we create. But on the other hand, you gotta admit, it's a bit unrealistic to say that there were black people in this white guy's imagination, you know? I mean, (laughs) I mean, I can get on board with a show or a world where magical creatures cast spells and fight undead armies for control of a piece of jewelry that can turn them into gods. But if those creatures have a tan, it's just not believable anymore. It really isn't. (laughs) No, for real. This is, this is so hypocritical. You're gonna get mad about seeing a black dwarf in Lord of the Rings, but you're fine with seeing a Kevin Hart movie? Be consistent! (laughs) He's so tiny. Also, by the way, I don't understand why people are this angry. It's not like all the characters turned black, all right? There's one black dwarf a couple of black elves. It's not like the NBA, calm down. (laughs) People are like, oh, there's black ones. Yes, you know, it's the same way people were losing their shit because of the one black guy in House of Dragons. You know, people losing them, oh, well, it only takes one to lower the property values, you know? The House of Dragon used to be worth 400,000, now I don't know anymore. (laughs) And I know what people are saying. People are saying that the books are supposed to be based on medieval Europe, so having black characters isn't realistic. But guys, nobody's watching Lord of the Rings for realism, okay? (laughs) They're watching it because they didn't have sex in high school. That's the only reason. It is not realistic. I will say this, though. I will say this. Apart from the racism thing, I kind of agree. I don't think it makes sense to have black characters in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I said it. The whole series is about seeing danger and then running towards it. (laughs) Some white people shit
2: <laughs> like,
3: the reason the reason there were no black people in middle Earth is because they saw the giant eye talking out of a volcano and they were like, oh hell no <laughs> We are moving to Africa because this shit here ah ah uh-uh. no nope, nope we do not need to be here. We're going to Africa we're totally safe. All right that's it for the headlines but before we go to a break, it's time to check in on all the latest social media trends with our very own Ronnie Chang everybody! <laughs>
5: Social media? You guys wanna hear some social media? Yeah! Uh,
1: oh yeah,
5: yeah! You guys ready to lose a few IQ points? Yeah. All right, let's do it! <laughs> all right, first up, uh, what's trending is Lord of the Rings, or as, as I like to call it, Game of Thrones without the incest. I mean, look, I know we're supposed to be wokeity-woke on this show, you know, elf diversity, stop Mordor hate, or whatever, but look, can we just give this one to white people, all right? Let's diversify the real places first, and then we can worry about the white fantasy places later, okay? That being said, where the are the Asians, okay? Because... (laughs) Middle Earth, Narnia, the West Wing, no Asians? No Asians. The closest thing we have to Asians in American fantasy is Spock in Star Trek, okay? Yeah, he's Asian. I know he's white, but he's Asian. Okay, he's super smart, he dresses like an emperor. He's got a bold haircut and he knows the pressure points in the neck, right? (laughs) Live long and prosper. He even talks like Confucius, okay? I just wanna see some Asian elves. (laughs) Oh yeah, and what else, what else is trending? Uh, Oh yeah, everyone's uh, on the internet trying to uh, figure out whether Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine at a movie premiere. Yeah, and by the way, this one Asian here, one Asian here, (laughs) there's more Asians in this
3: Harry Styles spinning video than six Lord of the Rings movies and a TV series. I, you know, Ronnie, I actually, I actually saw this trending online and I saw the video and like, what, what, what happened here?
5: Dude, I don't know, Trevor. You think I care about this celebrity crap? You think I stay up at night reading about how Florence Pugh was upset with Olivia Wilde? Or you think I spend hours trying to figure out why Olivia said Shia LaBeouf was fired when really he quit? Like, what kind of pathetic loser would be up at 4 a.m. reading about how Jason Sudeikis served Olivia Wilde divorce papers on stage at a movie's press conference? I mean, what sad piece of shit reads article after article about how Olivia's now dating Harry Styles and we all get slowly sucked into this Florence pugh It's actually disgustingly stupid how much time people are spending on this, all right? Get a life.
3: You, You know, for someone who says they don't know a lot about this, it really seemed like you, uh know a lot about this. Like you, you just took us through the whole story. So, so did, did Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine or not?
5: Dude, I don't know, and I don't care, all right? What I do know is that most people in the world would love to have Harry Styles spit on them, all right? Anyone in this audience would open their mouth and gladly have Harry Styles spit down their gullet any day of the week, all right? Yeah, all of you out there will open your mouth and say, please feed me, King Styles. Feed me with your sliver right into my mouth. Who here wouldn't want that? Who, anyway, because people love Harry. It's ridiculous. People love Harry. No, no one can do, he can't do any wrong. Oh, Have you no. seen what these desperate people tweet no. about him? No, Ronny, Look at this, come. look at this desperate person here. <laughs> Top three One Direction members in order. Harry Styles, Harry Styles, Harry Styles. Styles stand for life. All right? That's what these fing losers are saying on the internet. Desperate much? He's not gonna spit in your mouth, Trevor.
3: First of all, you don't know that. Second of all, it was just a joke, okay? You're right, you're right. But
5: you know what I do know, okay? I know that all this shit is great publicity, okay? I don't even know about this movie, but now I know about this movie. It's giving me an idea about how we should be promoting this show. No. Okay, Trevor? No. Trevor. No. Just hear me out here. No. I'll spit in your mouth. No. And then you serve me with divorce papers. No. No,
3: and then we no, start dating. do cheer him on. Run me cheer everybody. Just let me right, spin we'll him out. We'll We'll not be spinning. We'll be talking about small talk and the art of small
1: talk. Don't go away. No spinning. No spinning.
2: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global.
3: Life skills that we need to get through the day. The most annoying one is making small talk. But is small talk more important than we think?
4: Well, Michael Costa went to find out. As we re-enter society for the f***teenth time, the workforce is returning to the office and people have to do the grossest activity, make small talk. So I spoke to the public to see if it was time to end this terrible type of conversation. Is there anything worse than small talk? It's the worst.
6: Yeah.
0: It's the
4: worst.
6: Worst. It's like the awkward phase. I don't really care about your day most of the time. Cause it makes me nervous.
4: Because it sucks. How do you feel your individual small talk skills have gotten since the pandemic? Everyone's just awkward as now. I forgot how to talk to people. So what do you do? Try not to talk to people.
0: I will find a friend at a party and just sit myself with them.
4: What if we're at the park? Are we going to small talk? I if I don't friend. know you, no, I keep it moving. Clearly, we all hated small talk, so I wasn't gonna make anyone suffer any longer. So all this small talk. You know what, let's not do small talk for a second, okay? Okay. Um, God. (laughs) Real? Is God real? Uh, I wanna get to the good stuff. Yeah. Will you tell me about your worst childhood trauma? Oh, oh, uh, no. It's clear everyone preferred my conversational approach. However, some see the benefits to small talk, like psychology professor Tara Wells from Barnard College. So I met with her to go deep about why she likes to keep things on the surface.
7: It's really important that we engage in small talk because it's how we connect as humans. And I appreciate how important it is for Uh, us in uh, communication.
4: You appreciate the most awkward moment of all social interaction?
7: it has kind of a negative connotation. We think it's superficial and it's just kind of, you know, mindless and a waste of time.
4: What has happened to small talk since the pandemic started?
7: The past two years have pretty much decimated small talk in a number of ways. I mean, when we talk to people face to face, we use the whole body. There's also a slight time lag in Zoom. Mm -hmm. And in those few seconds, we tend to think of something negative. So someone pauses. They hate me. Yes, exactly. Exactly.
4: Should I put my shirt back on? That type of thing, yeah.
7: So many people are feeling kind of very socially awkward, mm-hmm. not knowing what to say, mm-hmm. also wearing masks because mm-hmm. we connect with their facial expressions mm-hmm. to regulate Like expressions like this, like... Yeah.
4: Or like this, or like this? <laughs> Did you feel connected to me then?
7: No, no. It's interesting. What happens is we, we oftentimes mirror our, our facial features.
4: So what's wrong with this jumping into the important stuff?
7: Well, you know, small talk isn't therapy. Okay, it's not therapy.
4: It's kind of easy to blame the pandemic, but in a lot of ways we were headed here already. Yeah. The generation younger than me is the most medicated, the most socially anxious, having the least amount of sex. Is that connected to the importance of small talk?
7: I think it can be because even before the pandemic, we were kind of losing that face-to-face contact. We don't get the same psychological and emotional benefits when we just you know respond to a text or like a post on on social media.
4: Are we in a small talk crisis? Yes. Wow, she really made small talk seem important. It made me realize that maybe even I could get a little better at it. If I need to get better at small talk, who do I practice to?
7: So you can practice in the mirror or you could also get a Small talk practice buddy.
4: STPB.
7: Just go there and be curious to get to know other people, but also know that you're gonna be awkward and it's okay.
4: And what if I feel the responsibility to initiate conversation?
7: Simply starting out, hi, I'm Michael. I don't think I've met you yet. What's your name?
4: Hi, I'm Michael. What's your name? I haven't met you yet. Have a little I gotta... bit
7: of lightness and intonation.
4: Okay. Hi, I'm, I'm Michael. What's your name?
7: Hi, I'm Michael. What's your name? Hot You don't want to t- sound too sexy though, hey,
4: try. I'm, hey, I'm Michael, what's your name?
7: Nah.
4: <laughs> it was too sexy. Too much, too okay, much. Okay, I gotta I gotta practice. With Professor Wells' instructions, I practice my small talk to do my part to end this conversational crisis. Hello, I'm you. Who are who's Michael? Hi, I'm I'm hot outside. Hello, how are you? Too loud. Yeah, Lake Superior is the biggest of the Great Lakes.
0: Oh
7: my god. Sorry. Uh, What'd you say?
4: Did I didn't say anything? Why would I say something? Ice, pretty hot outside, huh? That's a good one. Hello, how are you? Hello, what is your hometown? After weeks of talking to my reflection, my dog, and hiding from that coworker I tried to talk to in the elevator, I was finally ready to take my small talk on a test run. Uh, so, the weather's cloudy today, huh? Have you seen the latest Spider-Man movie? Hey, you wear that yellow really well. Oh my god, Brian Park? It's like, turned down the music already. I know. I feel like I was too many things at once. It was. How did that make you feel? Um,
3: overwhelmed, but I'm vibing.
4: Wow, that's a beautiful building. Yeah. You know what isn't beautiful? Gorgeous. The HPV in my body. Wow. (laughs) You like sports, Evan? I do like sports. Yeah, cool. Which one of your parents do you love more? (laughs) Oh my god. So my small talk wasn't perfect, but to my surprise, I actually had some good conversations that didn't get super weird. How are you enjoying New York? Uh, It's a lot to take in. It's definitely different from where I am, from Memphis, Tennessee. Hey, I feel like we just had a nice conversation, and maybe the small talk was the bridge that got us there. Agreed. I think so. And I didn't have to even bring up my HPV. You didn't have to bring that up at all. Small talk on three. One, two, three. Small, small talk. talk. Do I love small talk? No. Do I understand why we need it? Fine. Do I have any big plans this weekend? Well, yes, I do. Thanks for asking. Got it, baby. Small talk expert.
3: Thank you so much for that, Michael. I stay tuned, because when we come back, Sherry Shepard will be joining me on the show. So don't go away.
0: Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome back
3: to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is comedian, actor, and Emmy winning talk show host Sherry Shepard. She's here to talk about her brand new daytime talk show, Sherry, which premieres September 12th. Please welcome Sherry Shepard. <laughs>
6: Sherry Shepard. What's going on? Welcome to The Daily Show. Welcome to The Daily Show. Look, you are fine. I have not seen you in person. Oh, my, you know, because you see people on TV and you're like, they look all right. You're fine.
1: All
3: right. I see what you're doing already. Well, this, whatever. This, this when are we going
6: this, to Africa together? Is... <laughs> I've never been to Africa. I would like to go. You've never been? I've never Wait, been. Wait, never anywhere? I've never been to oh, Africa. And let okay. me tell you something. Mothers love me in Africa. I've never been, but I know they're going to like
3: me. How do you know?
6: I just, I'm that kind of person. I'm that kind of person that like, you know, I'm family reunions. Uh I like going, I cook sometimes. Well, I order it from DoorDash and I put it on the china.
3: (laughs) I just know I fit in with families. Okay. That's probably why you're going to make such a great host for a new show. I should say, welcome to the Daily Show. And more importantly, I should say, welcome to New York because you moved to New
6: York. Oh, that's right. To make your show. Congratulations. I am here in New York. I love it. Welcome to it. I am here in New York. This is a big deal. Yes, it is. Because I've been on the, you know, I did The View for seven seasons with Barbara and Whoopi and Joy and Elizabeth. And so to do my own, it's literally a dream come true. I've been, I used to talk to my teddy bears with like the toilet paper roll. And I would put, I put it in front of their faces and I would do that. And when I was a legal secretary, I would sign my name, Sherry. So it's like, I I always thought about doing a talk show. So
3: you, wait, let's go back. So you interviewed the teddy bears. I did. As an adult or child, how old were you? When I
6: was a child.
3: Okay, no, you didn't explain, like, where exactly. I was just trying to situate this whole experience. When
6: I was a child. No, no, I I do grown men now when I have to interview. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I do. I don't do teddy bears
3: anymore. Trevor, what? No, sir. You, it feels like you were made for this role. Like, people love you on TV, you act, you, you're you in comedy, but this is a different type of job because it is your show. It's gonna be daily. You're gonna be talking about everything. Let's talk about that part of the show because, yes. you know, you, you, you're you gonna be in daytime TV where a lot of people go, oh, don't do politics and, you know, don't do certain parts of comedy. And It feels like you're bringing everything that makes you who you are to the show. Tell me a little bit about that.
6: I am, you know what, because I have, I love politics. I could sit and talk about it 24-7, mm-hmm. but I I'm very clear. My show is joy, fun, and laughter because we go through so much in our day. I think we get desensitized. I love that. And I want you to be able to come because they can get it from you. They can get the news from The View, from Wolf Blitzer. But I want you to come to my show and laugh. I want you to have a good time. That's all I want. And I just have this incessant need. We're both stand-up comics. Yes. I have to make you laugh. And so if that's what you want, I want you to turn into Sherry.
3: We're just gonna be tuning into the show. We're gonna be laughing. You're also gonna be showcasing comedians, which, <gasps> which I love. Like you have a special segment on the show for stand-up comedians specifically. It's
6: series Laugh Lounge because I have been a struggling comedian like my entire life. I used to go and I would get bumped by Tommy Davidson, Marlon Wayans, all of them. And I would just sit there till one in the morning and I would play in front of one person. And I go, if somebody would just give me a chance. And that is what I wanna do with comics. I, love I know that. so many comics. I love that. Yes. <laughs> That is my mission. I love that. You know, because you know, you know there are comics around, Trevor, who just, they just need yeah. the exposure. Yeah. But they can't sit on the couch. You know how that that world is. But you can come and sit with me, and right. and you make people laugh, and hopefully that'll open up. Like what Johnny Carson used to do. I did it with, you know, Jay Leno. He had me do stand-up, and it changed my world.
3: It feels like you have, you know, an energy about you that is all about positivity. Because it's not just about laughing, you know. Even on, even on The View, you had your moments where you would go re- really deep. But for the most part, you found a reason to laugh. You found a reason to smile. Yeah. You found a reason to make people feel good about themselves. And the, the show that you're in, you know, for, for a lot of daytime shows, some people will say, oh, it's, it's going to be gossipy only, it's gonna be negative only, but you've never been that kind of person. It's almost like you have a joyous way of seeing whatever's happening in the world.
6: I do, I just, I've I've just grown up going, you gotta, there's a silver lining in everything. Yeah. You just have to know how to find it. And I am a woman of a certain age, and I want women to look at me and go, if Sherry can do it, if it can happen for Sherry, it can happen for you too. I used to struggle. (laughs) Right. So I know this. You know, I want people to know that joy. I want people to get past the fear, because I'm a big, per- I'm a big believer, and run towards the thing that scares you. Wait, really? Yes. Um, yes. And see, yeah, I know, and no, I know. I'm, I sat I'm and watched opposites. you. You said that, like, when you I'm the uh, you
3: you run I think away. I should run away from the thing that scares you.
6: No, uh-uh. and I'm like the thing That's that why scares, it scares you. you. But you know what? It scares you. But if you go towards it, it can kill you. There's a lot. No, no, it will not kill you. There's a lot of blessings on the other side. So if you that's go heaven. towards that- You no, realize the blessings blessing other side of heaven, Sherry. Honey, let me tell you. Well, you gotta be man enough to know how to pick her up. I mean, pick <laughs> it up. It's heavy, but you it,
3: know, it, run towards it. That's, that's what I enjoy about your journey because it's like you, you're going into a show. You know, you, you, you've been doing the standup. You've been doing the acting. What you're doing is extremely hard. Coming to New York, I mean, You know, LA has like a different pace to it. Yeah, It's chill, people are friendly. There's like a vibe. You've seen, I mean, you've seen that video of like that Mercedes crashing into that other car. That's New York.
6: That's New York. You
3: know how you know that New York is crazy? Uh Is that the people walking by in that video don't even stop. They don't, they, you know. (laughs) I'm telling you. You're not gonna let that change you.
6: It does not, it, in, in LA it's, we're so chill. Like in New York, if I say to you, let's have lunch. New Yorkers go, well, what time? Where are we gonna meet? I'm just trying to say goodbye. That's how we are in LA. <laughs> like that, it's, it's too much. We, we the, when we say we gonna go to lunch in LA, it's just like, I'm trying to get out the conversation. <laughs> we don't mean it. But New Yorkers are very, even riding the subway. Like everybody looks at their cell phone. They don't see anything. You know, one lady got on the subway. She's like, hello, I am blind. And I need money, and I had a fire in my place. And she's like, Girl, you so funny. I am blind. <laughs> and I need your help.
3: New Yorkers hustle. It's another world. It's another world, and so, I love so it. So you're at the beginning of a new show. Everything yes. is an opportunity, everything is a possibility. It kicks off on September 12th. I wanna know, if you could fast forward to five years, 10 years, however many years you want to be doing the show, what is the thing you wanna leave people saying afterwards when they go like, man, that Sherry Shepherd show, it did, it was, it, you know? Uh, I think, if I wanna want people to say, Sherry Shepherd
6: gave me joy. Mm. Sherry Shepherd made me feel good. That's what I, I think you have to know who you are when you walk in. I think women, we also have a problem with that, knowing what is unique about us. And so, you know, that is what is unique about me. I want to make you smile and feel good. So I hope that people leave saying that. And women, and I hope you leave going, Sherry taught me how to negotiate my money. Never take the first offer. (laughs) Never. (laughs) Let me tell you something. No, say no. I want them to say, Sherry taught me how to say no. I love this. That's right. Well, if you ask me out, I won't say no. That don't apply to this right here. (laughs) But Sherry taught me how to say no. You see, you gotta go for what you want. I don't know when I'm gonna be sitting behind this desk. So I got to tell Trevor how I feel, okay? You gotta let him know. I did it for Prince. I told Prince the same thing.
3: So we're going to Africa?
6: will go to Africa with you. I do. Yes, I do. I swear. Yep. Did you hear that? Did you hear that?
3: (laughs) Sherry Seppard, everybody. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Make sure to tune in. September 12th. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this.
2: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global.
3: Well, that's our show for tonight, but before we go, before we go, please consider supporting the Kids in Need Foundation. They go to under-resourced schools and provide much-needed supplies like backpacks, books, and so much more. So if you want to help them create a more equitable learning environment in America, then please check out the link below. Until next time, stay safe out there, and remember, if you just got a job as the prime minister of the UK, you might want to keep a side hustle just in case. (laughs)
4: Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on
2: Comedy Central. And stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.
1: Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health.